Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, y'all, welcome to No Limits. We're continuing our series that we're simply calling Different. Uh, I've been... I love this series. I, we just keep it going for the rest of the year because the life of Jesus is just such a, a beautiful thing to study and such an eye-opening thing to study. But thanks for being here at church. This is like the best place to be. Yeah, we got some nice weather even to, to get out in. I mean, it's been beautiful. If you're joining us online, just want to say, hey, it's great to hear the Word of God, even if it's over the internet. But if you ever have a chance to join us in person, I invite you to do so, and I encourage you to do so because you won't regret it. But for those of you who don't know me, my name's Cade, and I'm the lead pastor here at No Limits alongside my wife, Beth. Here at Olympics, we are passionate about making a difference. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose, right? Amen. Uh, the primary way we help people know God is through our Sunday services, what we're doing right now. And this series has kind of been like the poster child, right, for fulfilling that mission. Let me show you what I mean in our core scripture for this series. We've read this every time. John 14, 9, Jesus replied, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does his work through me. That's so awesome because the scripture tells us that God is revealed through Jesus. So if we want to get to know God, then we need to get to know Jesus. And luckily, there's four entire books of the Bible, right, dedicated to the life of Jesus. We call them the Gospels, and those are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And through this series, we've been going through the book of John. Does anybody have like a favorite gospel? Is anybody's John? Like, you're just like, yes, this is my book. Yeah, of course, right? John Coonrod, this is, this is your favorite, right? I'm sure yours is Mark. Yeah, all right. (laughs) So, but we're finding out that the way of Jesus is different than the way of the world. And the way of Jesus might even be different than what you've been taught at church throughout the years. And the reason that happens is because we tend to get off into our own ideas and our own plans about what following Jesus looks like. But through this series, we're getting a course correction by looking at the Word of God. How many of y'all ever get a course correction by looking at the Word of God? You're like, oh man, I thought I was right and I was way off. (laughs) Thankful for the Word of God. That's good stuff. But go ahead and look at whoever's next to you and say, get ready for different. Yeah, and so far we've discovered four things about following the way of Jesus. First one is to follow Jesus, I must embrace grace only, right? No grace and truth. To follow Jesus, I must use spiritual gifts to reach people. To follow Jesus, I must passionately protect my church family. And to follow Jesus, I must use every opportunity to lead people to faith. And to hear about how the life of Jesus has revealed all four of those things to us, go back and listen to those messages on our website at nolimits.church. But today we're going to jump into John chapter 3, and we're going to discover something else about following the way of Jesus. But before we do that, I actually wanted to see if there's anybody in here who would like to share a testimony about how God's been using spiritual gifts in your life to reach people ever since we had that message. So, you know, it was just a few weeks ago, I brought you that message about using spiritual gifts to reach people. And I've heard from a few of you, and you're like, God, spiritual gifts have just kind of come alive in my life at work or whatever. So anybody want to just come up and share a quick story? Anybody, anybody, anybody brave enough? All right, Darla, I'm going to call you up here. (laughs) Because I know you're one of them. I hope I'm not ruining my chances of you guys like telling me things like this. Because they're like, I'm never telling Kate anything because he'll call me to the front. (laughs) Well, I work um, as a physical therapist, and so I get the opportunity to lay hands on people every day. And um, so he tells me a lot of kind of look at this or check this out or put your hands here. Um, 
so he's really helped me to um, kind of treat my patients a little better and, and heal them. And uh, I had one lady who, um, through a lot of instances, um, death in the family, stuff like that, she wasn't able to come in. And so I was calling. I talked to her over the phone. And um, God just gave me a scripture for her. And so I spoke that to her. And she said, you know what? I, that's really funny that you said that because God told me the same thing. And I just didn't believe it. I didn't think that was for me. But you've confirmed it, and I know that's for me, and I'm going to take it and go with it. And she said it helped her get through some grief over the loss of a family member. So um, so just be obedient to walk out in whatever it is he tells you. Amen. Cool. Anybody else want to share before we move on? Open mic. Open testimony. All right, that's good stuff. So exciting. So he wants you to use spiritual gifts to reach people. And we saw those operate today. And that's so awesome. Now, last week we talked about the story where Jesus ran people out of the temple with a whip, right? And not just any whip, like Jesus made the whip. And then he ran people out with the whip, turned over some tables, threw the money on the ground. I mean, that sounds a lot like Chris Penley, right? <laughs> sounds like something he would do. So you want to come demonstrate that for us, man? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, it just reminded me of Penley. I mean, back when he was younger, I know he doesn't do this anymore, but he would rip his shirt whenever he got mad. Like, for real, like he would do that. <laughs> sorry to just reveal things about you today, buddy. <laughs> that was a secret. But when you dig into the details of that story, you find out that Jesus, he was passionately protecting his house, his family, right? The Jewish people were being taken advantage of for financial gain, and Jesus was not having it. He wasn't having it. And when studying the Bible, one thing you have to remember is that the original book was not split into chapters and verses. Like we did that later to help us find things, to help us study the Bible and to share the Bible. So what we're about to read in John chapter three is a continuation of what happened in John chapter two. So Jesus went from yelling at the religious people, telling them they were fools and, you know, turning over stuff to having a one-on-one -on -one calm conversation with one of the religious leaders. See, whenever you like take the whole book and you're like, wait, this, these stories were back to back. How, how did that happen? But this is, this is why it's important to read around the story or the scripture that you're looking at because you need to know the context of the scripture. Like what happened before? What happened after? What, what is going on here? And in this case, we learn that Jesus doesn't hate the religious people. He hates religion. Sure, he just yelled at religious people and ran them off with a whip, but then he takes time to have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with a religious leader, somebody who was leading all that stuff. So Jesus, he's not going to ignore your bad behavior. Like, he'll run it off with a whip if he has to, right? But he will always reach you with the message of salvation. He never ignores you. He never ignores you. He's always trying to reach you. Um, you just have to choose to listen, Right? And that's what this religious leader, his name was Nicodemus. That's what he did. He chose to listen to Jesus, whereas most of his colleagues wouldn't listen to Jesus at all. So I want you to take a look at the screen. You guys can go ahead and switch that over because I want you to see this conversation that took place between Nicodemus and Jesus. This is good stuff. I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? 
is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? <laughs> I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. Huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt, and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents, and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert, and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up, so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son 
that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? I, my whole life, I have wondered if I would see this day. Follow me, and you'll see more. Are you? Join me and my students. In two days' time, we leave Capernaum. Come see the kingdom I am bringing into this world. But I... I, I can't. You have a position in the Sanhedrin. You have family. You are getting advanced in years. <laughs> I understand. But the invitation is still open. To what exactly? <laughs> to lead a nomadic life, to to give up who I am. It's true. There is a lot you would give up. But what you would gain is far greater and more lasting. Is this another one of your born-again mysteries? <laughs> uh, maybe. I know mysteries aren't easy for a scholar. Think about it. Hmm? Take your time. On the morning of the fifth day, we leave and we'll meet by the well in the southern quarter. I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> holy roof. <laughs> I do hope you come with us, Nicodemus. good stuff wasn't it i think that's like the most uh cool story of like grace and truth working together isn't it 
Jesus had just come from delivering truth with a whip, which was motivated by love, by the way, because he loved his people so much that he stopped all that nonsense. Then he had a conversation like that with one of the religious leaders. You see, sharing the truth is not always going to be pretty. It's not always going to be pretty, but like I've said the past two weeks, as long as it's motivated by love, you're doing the right thing. What's your motivation? And you may have noticed in Jesus's conversation with Nicodemus, you heard one of the most, or probably the most popular scripture, right? John three sixteen, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And this is a beautiful scripture, and it really shows us how simple it is, how simple it is to receive salvation. You, what? Believe in Jesus. It's also one of those scriptures that you hear a lot by itself, right? And you don't really hear what the rest of what Jesus said. And he goes on to further clarify what it means to believe in Jesus and to receive salvation. So I want to take you through the rest of what Jesus says, starting in John three seventeen. Anybody ever read that one? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Aren't you thankful? Like we didn't need anybody to condemn us to hell because we were headed there by ourselves already. <laughs> so that's why God sent Jesus to give us salvation. And he who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. Once again, it's made clear the only way out of eternity in hell is to believe in Jesus. There's no other conditions. Believe in Jesus. But if you choose not to believe in Jesus, you will go to hell. Some people think that God wouldn't send anybody to hell. You know what? They're partially right. God is not sending anybody to hell. People are sending themselves to hell by not believing in Jesus. It's their choice. And it really doesn't matter how many people tell you that hell isn't real. Like Jesus just explained it to us. If you don't believe in Jesus, you're condemned already. You're headed there. That's where you're headed. And I'm not saying this to scare you, but because you need to know that you have a choice to make to believe in Jesus. And this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. This goes to show you that some people are going to see the light, but they're going to choose to love darkness instead. And they reveal themselves by what they do, right? Their deeds are evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. Who's the light? Jesus. Everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. Wait a minute. Like, I thought that I could believe in Jesus and go on and live my life the way I want to. I mean, that, that, that's what the American church has been telling me for like the past couple of decades. Just say a prayer on Sunday and go on and do, do you, boo. Just go do your thing as long as everybody's happy. But listen to me, your good behavior, it cannot save you. Your good behavior does not save you. Believing in Jesus is what saves you. But here's what Jesus is revealing to us. When you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. I mean, how foolish is it for us to say that we believe in something and then we don't follow it? That'd be like saying you believe in the Dallas Cowboys, but you don't watch any of their games. You don't wear any of their gear, right? That's what it would be like. You don't follow your favorite football team in hopes that one day you'll get something from them. No, you follow them because... You believe in them, even if they never win, like the Dallas Cowboys, right? You just still keep following them. Listen, you don't follow Jesus to earn salvation. 
You follow Jesus because you believe in Jesus, and you're saved because you believe in Jesus. Can we guys see the progression of that? You're saved because you believe in Jesus. You follow Jesus because you believe in Jesus. And all of this reveals the next thing I want you to know about following Jesus. Go ahead and write this down. To follow Jesus, I must hate darkness. Like we just read that those who reject Jesus, what do they do? They love darkness. So if we're going to follow Jesus, we got to hate darkness. And let me clarify. We don't hate people who participate in darkness. We hate darkness. We don't hate people. We hate darkness. We got to keep that separate in our minds. These days, the word darkness, though, is kind of left open to interpretation, right? I mean, the world seems to think that calling a man a man and a woman a woman is somehow evil. I mean, that's what they're telling us these days. But yet they have no problem with all the sexually explicit stuff that's on TV. They're not saying anything about that. And this, you know, I've always wondered what the Bible meant when it said, in the last days, we'll call good evil and evil good. Well, it's really clear to me now. I'm like, oh, this is what you meant. Makes a lot of sense now. But to bring, you know, we can't be deceived by this foolishness, though, because we're people of the light. Can't be deceived. To bring clarification, I did a study on the original word that was translated to darkness that Jesus just used. And it turns out that that word was used a total of 32 times in the New Testament. So I went through and I read those scriptures and I found two places where it makes really clear, it defines darkness for us in case we were wondering. And we're going to start in Romans chapter 13, verse 13. It says, because we belong to the day, we must live decent lives for all to see. Don't participate in the darkness of wild parties and drunkenness or sexual promiscuity and immoral living or in quarreling and jealousy. Like, I'm pretty sure that we just described 99% of the TV shows that are out there right now. Even Christians are watching that stuff and just acting like it's no big deal. And you know, this is one of those things that if I could, I would take a tip from Jesus, come to your house, throw your TV on the floor. If you were watching that stuff. And it's not because I'm mad at you. It's because I hate that Hollywood deceives people into thinking it's okay to entertain your eyes with darkness. It's not okay. It's destructive to entertain your eyes with darkness. I'm not trying to make a religion here, just, you know, whatever you want to make that out to be. I'm just trying to tell you that I love you, and you're going to be much better off if you don't let that darkness into your eyes. So in this scripture, darkness is defined as wild parties, drunkenness, sexual promiscuity, immoral living, quarreling, and jealousy. And then it goes on to say, Instead, clothe yourself with the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ and don't let yourself think about ways to indulge your evil desires. Aha, so instead of engaging in darkness, I'm supposed to follow Jesus. Aha, aha, right? That's for you, Dad. Let's see how Ephesians describes darkness. All right, Ephesians. Do we ever make it to Ephesians chapter (laughs) 5? Because that's where it gets good. Imitate God, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. Live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. I mean, this is good stuff, right? I love that. That is so beautiful. And if I were to follow the pattern of feel-good Christianity, like that's where I'd have to stop, because the feel-goods happen, or they just stop after this scripture. They do. Are you ready? Seriously. The American church would probably stop right here because that felt good. Mm. You better just bask in that feel goodness because here it comes. All right. Let there be no sexual immorality, impurity, or greed among you. Such have no place among God's people. Oh, obscene stories, foolish talk, and coarse jokes. These are not for you. Instead, let there be thankfulness to God. Oh, it goes on. 
You can be sure that no immoral, impure, or greedy person will inherit the kingdom of Christ and of God, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Chew on that for a minute. Don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, for the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. It just gets better, doesn't it? Don't participate in the, th- in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord and take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. We're to imitate God in everything we do. Let's go back to that feel-good part, right? Imitate God. We're his children. We're to follow love and follow the example of Christ. That's why we're doing this series, because we want to follow the way of Jesus, do things the way he did them. This means that no sexual immorality, no impurity, which just means wasteful living, none of that, no greed, it all has to go. The obscene stories, the foolish and empty words, they got to go too. We can't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins, which is like all of the world right now. Like that, the world is obsessed with making sexual immorality normal. But we're not deceived. We're people of the light. We don't take part in these worthless and destructive deeds, right? Of evil and darkness. Instead, we expose them like we're doing today. I'm exposing the darkness. I'm not exposing the people who do darkness. I'm exposing the darkness. And we walk in freedom. And we lead people to freedom. That's who we are. That's what we do. So I'm shining the light on darkness today. And you get to choose. Like, are you going to choose to walk in light because you hate darkness? Or are you going to choose to run from the light because you love darkness? That's the choice we all get to make. And I pray that you run to the light. Just like Jesus says whenever he wraps up the scripture we were reading earlier from John. Here's how he ends the conversation. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they've been done in God. In other words... When I follow Jesus, my deeds lead people to Jesus. That's what he's saying there. And this is who we are. We believe in Jesus, and so we follow Jesus. We believe in Jesus, and so we follow Jesus. And as we follow Jesus, our good deeds are brought out into the light for all to see. And it leads people to Jesus. So go ahead and bow your heads, if you will, for me. This is one of those messages that might feel a little bit like sandpaper. Anybody feel like sandpaper? Maybe you realize that you've allowed darkness into your life and you're just feeling a little bit guilty and a little ashamed. But that's not the purpose of the message today because I want you to remember that Jesus did not come to condemn you. He came to save you. He came to set you free. So I don't want you to walk out of the service today with your head hanging in shame and regret. Instead, I want you to choose to believe in Jesus For God loved you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. And when you believe in him, he gives you life that starts now and lasts forever. So if you want to come to the light today, I want you to raise your hand. Just say, I'm coming to the light today. Like you may have even said the salvation prayer before, yet you've still been walking in darkness. And if that's you and you say, I'm turning away from darkness, I'm walking into the light today. Just go ahead and raise your hand for me. I love that. Yes. Amen. That's good stuff. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you for revealing your way, your truth. You are the light. You are the truth. 
you're the word and your word is truth. And Lord, we trust your word above all else. We exalt your word above all else. Let us not be overcome with deception that's so rampant in the world today, but let us see the light. Let us walk into the light because when we're in the light, we see everything. Everything's clear. So I pray for anybody that's in a fog. Like you're looking around, you're like, I don't know what to believe. I don't know if they're right or who's right or what's right. I rebuke that fog and I rebuke that darkness. And Lord, we welcome the light so that we can see clearly what we need to do, what we need to say, how we need to love others, when we need to speak truth, how we need to speak truth. Holy Spirit, we need your help. What your word tells us, you'll give us the words to say. We know that our mission and our calling is to lead others to you. And of course, you're going to help us do that. So I ask you to make us effective. Make us effective at work and at school and at the quick trip and at the grocery store. Set up divine appointments so that we can talk to people and lead them to faith. Give us the word of knowledge so that we can speak things to them that, that just speak to their heart, things that you've already revealed to them and we confirm it, just like Darla talked about. Or maybe something that we can just say that lets them know that God, you love them. We welcome spiritual gifts into our lives so that we can reach people for you. I call forth the gift of healing that we can go out and lay hands on the sick, see them recover in the working of miracles. Lord, we're done putting the limits on you and thinking that we know the best way or that it's up to our skills and our abilities. We lay that all down at your feet. And we submit ourselves to you. You have what we need and we trust you. God, I give you praise because you are so good. I bless your name, God, because there's no one like you. You are the creator. You are our father. You are king of kings and Lord of lords. There's no one above you. And we are your children. And we want to imitate you in all that we do. So I thank you that getting rid of this darkness in our lives, whether it's watching things that we shouldn't watch or drinking things that we shouldn't drink or like whatever it is, that it's not even going to be hard, that we're just going to walk into the light. We're going to be like, oh, wow, thank you, God, for freedom. It's so good to be here in freedom. It's so good to walk in the light. We thank you that you don't condemn us, but that you save us and that you set us free. And we walk in that freedom because we want to be effective. And Lord, I know you're preparing your bride, your church for this end time harvest. And you want your glory to fill this place, to fill our lives. And for your glory to fill us, the darkness has to be gone.
And so we don't welcome darkness. We reject darkness. We resist the enemy. We resist the devil. And we know that he'll flee. And our lives and our church and our families will be filled with the glory of God, shining like a bright light in our culture and in our city. That's who we are. We thank you, in Jesus' name. Everybody said, Amen. Amen. God's good. God's good. <clears throat> amen, amen, amen. Well, if you gave your life to Jesus today, uh, there's a journey that's ahead, and there's um, some things that we want to walk out with you. Um, we have a cool little book that we call Christianity 101 that'll kind of walk you through the basics of Christianity. This is all stuff that you need to know, stuff that'll help you. Um, But we can't help you with this if we don't know. So we just ask that you text us. You can text us anything to say, I gave my life to Jesus. And our number is 918-373-9883. Well, now you guys might know this already, but we support a church in the Philippines by uh, sending $250 every month to help provide for what God's doing over there. And I received a message from the leader over there. I'm going to try to say his name right. Bonifacio. Is that right? Bonifacio. He goes by Bonard, but is that so we can say it easier? Bonard, yeah. But just a few days ago, he sent me a picture of some chairs that they were able to purchase because of our support over there. So I wanted to show you this picture. So that's cool. I love the color of these so much. I was thinking about just replacing our chairs with these. Like bring summer in, right? I mean, that's good stuff. (laughs) I'm just kidding. They're terribly uncomfortable. (laughs) But seriously, though, it's an honor to be a part of what's going on in the Philippines, isn't it? I mean, I'm so thankful that God would use no limits to make a difference in the Philippines. That's just incredible to think about. And if you're ready to give today and you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand. One of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. Of course, you can give online anytime at nolimits.fyi. You'll find a giving button there. Tap that. It'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us. And a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you were encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.